We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, more on wokeism, the new religion of the Western world, and specifically of the United States of America. Wokeism has now replaced Christianity and the Judeo-Christian ethic as the governing ethos of our nation. You've got to serve somebody. It may be the devil, or it may be the Lord, but in the end, you are going to serve somebody. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Welcome to today's Rebellion. Okay, this is uh, installment two of a two-show series on wokeism. Yesterday, as you know, I suggested that there's a new religion in America, and I'm not the first one to suggest it. I'm not the first one to make this argument. Al Mohler has made the argument. Mark Tooley has made the argument. The Daily Signal had an article just recently covering the new religion of wokeism. And then today, I'm going to go deeper into this issue. The new religion of the West is the title of the article. I touched on it briefly yesterday, but today I'm going to spend almost the entire show on this article, The New Religion of the West, published by Converge Media. The writer, the author of the article, is Max Funk. The date is October 20, 2020. So this article has been around for a bit, but because of everything we're seeing, and frankly COVID-19 exposed the lie of government control as God, and wokeism, virtue signaling, silencing, cancel culture, microaggressions, Black Lives Matter, critical theory, critical race theory, critical legal theory, all of this has one common thread, one common denominator, and it's religious zeal, confidence that you're right and everybody who disagrees with you is wrong. Ultimate confidence that the only salvation for all of humanity is to embrace the new religion of wokeism. That's today's show, and I'm going to use Converge Media's The New Religion of the West article, written by Max Funk. If you'd like to subscribe to The Rebellion, you can do so by going to patreon.com backslash Dr. Everett Piper. That's patreon.com backslash d-r-e-v-e-r-e-t-t-p-i-p-e-r that's dr everett piper patreon.com dr everett piper and again don't forget my book grow up life isn't safe but it's good grow up life isn't safe but it's good frankly the subtitle of that book is a response to wokeism i don't say that specifically in the title i don't suggest it directly in the book. But when C.S. Lewis tells us that the great lion Aslan is not safe, but he's good, he's drawing a distinction between first things and second things. He's calling out the summum bonum, the highest good, the first thing of the human mind and the human soul. We all have a highest good. We all declare our summum bonum. That's Latin for first thing, our highest good. 
All of us do that, and that's because we're the Imago Dei. We're made in the image of God, and we are bound to worship something. As Bob Dylan said, you're going to serve someone. You're going to serve somebody. It may be the devil, or it may be the Lord, but you're going to serve somebody in the end. Let's take a break. Thank our corporate sponsors for supporting the rebellion. And when I get back, we will talk about the new religion of the West, wokeism. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I will be right back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to The Rebellion. So yesterday I spent the entire show discussing the issue of wokeism, making the argument following on the heels of two articles, one of which I had time to discuss with you, the other I barely hinted at. Two articles that suggest that there's a new religion in the West, a new religion in America that has supplanted Christianity, has replaced the Judeo-Christian ethic, has replaced the writings of the Old Testament and New Testament, the morality and the ethical assumptions, the ontological, epistemological, theological assumptions of Christianity with something new, a new religion. I argued that vacuums are always filled and that when you create a vacuum, especially within human culture, the human mind and the human soul, that it won't remain empty. It will always be filled by something. In fact, Jesus actually refers to this in the Gospel of Luke when he tells us when you sweep a house clean, that the demons who have left that house will then come back and return to it sevenfold. Isn't that interesting? Jesus is basically painting a picture of a vacuum. That when you cast out a demon and you sweep the house clean, that the demon will then come back later, not just in and of himself, but he'll bring all of his friends with him. He'll bring more demons and repopulate the house because it was empty. It was clean, quote unquote. It's exactly what you see in culture right now. We've, slept, we've swept our culture clean. Now, the issue of cleanliness may be confusing here, but I think that's interesting because is it possible that when you recognize your flaws as a culture, for example, the uh, argument for systemic racism in the United States, well, you, you can't, if you're honest, you can't argue that the United States has been sinless. We didn't live up to our highest ideals. We fell short of our constitutional guarantees. We fought a civil war to correct those. We had the March for Civil Rights to correct those. We had the March for Women's Suffrage to correct those. And to this day, we continue to try to reach for those higher ideals. Well, what we see right now is those who are against constitutional freedom, those who have a neo-Marxist view, those from the Frankfurt School and otherwise, the Black Lives Matter folks, the critical theory folks, those folks that want to be judgmental and critical, those folks that hold the United States in disdain, they want to sweep the house clean of everything and start over. This is a word of warning to millennials and Gen Zers. They want to sweep the house clean of everything. They want to get rid of capitalism because it's bad. They want to get rid of constitutional freedom because that's bad. They want to get rid of the First Amendment. Prince Harry just called it bizarre. They want to get rid of all of these things and start over. Well, when you sweep the house clean of all that was in it, the good and the bad, the bad and the good, what happens? The demons return sevenfold and rehabitate the house. 
That's what's happening right now with wokeism. We've created a vacuum, and we're not going to be religious less. We're going to be a religious country. And the unfortunate thing is the new religion is an uncommonly nasty one. To quote G.K. Chesterton. So yesterday I talked about this evangelical Lutheran church, new bishop, Regan, excuse me, not Regan, <laughs> Megan Rohr, the Reverend Megan Rohr, a biological female who uses the pronouns he and they, who was elected on May 8th to serve as the bishop of the Sierra Pacific Senate of the ELCA, the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America. Rohr actually went on record saying, I'm grateful the Lutheran, um, I'm grateful the Lutherans of the Sierra Pacific Senate are beginning to dismantle, key word here, dismantle the Council of Nicaea's nearly 2,000-year-old creed, creedal declarations. Did you get that? Now, in fairness, she didn't say they were going to dismantle the creed itself, but they were going to dismantle some of the proclamations and the teachings that were set in place during the Council of Nicaea in A.D. 325. Talk about chronological arrogance. Well, it appears that what she was referring to was Canon 1 of the Council, which forbids those who've been castrated from serving in the clergy. And again, I said then, and I'll say it again now, I'm not too sure why the Council specifically covered that, but we do know that this is an Old Testament proclamation, an Old Testament standard that those who have been castrated cannot take leadership roles within the church. You know, is it possible that even then, God knew that if you alter your body, if you disrespect the Imago Dei, if you start amputating functioning organs in an attempt to manipulate and craft a new type of person, that that indicates a level of arrogance and self-worship that would preclude you and prohibit you from being part of the leadership of God's body of believers. Is that the possible explanation for why this Old Testament prohibition exists? Well, this woman that wants to be called a man, Megan Rohr, actually says it's a great thing, a time to celebrate because now they can dismantle that teaching. Arrogance to the max, folks. All right, enough of that article. I covered it yesterday. So let's deal with Wokeism, the new religion of the West, published by Converge Media, written by Max Funk. This is our article where he starts out by saying this, there is a new religion. It's moving like a tidal wave through every facet of Western culture, shaping and redefining society as it goes. I started out by discussing this yesterday. I shared this paragraph with you already, but listen to it. This is so important. There's a new religion. It's moving like a tidal wave through every facet of Western culture, shaping and redefining society as it goes. Shaping and redefining society as it goes. One more time, people. Shaping and redefining society as it goes. Dismantling the old, redefining society, shaping it to be something different than what it was. Sweeping the house clean, sweeping the house clean, every facet of Western culture, a tidal wave that sweeps the beaches, sweeps the house clean. What happens? It doesn't remain empty. It will be filled with something. 
And just because you cleaned it doesn't mean that what replaces what was there is going to be good. In fact, Jesus tells us it will be seven times worse than it was in the first place. If it's not grounded, if it's not founded, if it's not anchored on the solid rock of biblical truth. More from the article. This religion masquerades under the guise of compassion and justice, but underneath is an evil ideology that is incompatible with Western values and incongruent with the Christian worldview. This is straight from the article by Max Funk in Converge Media, the wokeism, the new religion of the West. He says this, if left unchecked, this new religion could lead to complete unraveling of Western culture. There are many names, he says, for this new religion. Wokeness, political correctness, cancel culture, cultural Marxism, neo-Marxism, social justice, identity politics, critical theory. These are all broad descriptors of this new religion. He calls it wokeism, and he says wokeism is a religion, although it has not been organized into any formal religious structure. It has all the functions of religious doctrine. And he then says this, it has a unique epistemology, a theory of knowledge. It has a unique ontology, a theory of reality. It has an evaluation of the human condition through critical theory, white privilege, intersectionality. This is all an explanation for the human condition. It has a redemptive narrative. How do you redeem humanity from its ills? Marxism, communism the social collective, deconstruct the old and reconstruct the new. Post-modernity, you build everything up to look like what you see in the mirror. You are as God. So you see what he's saying right now? The woke philosophy, wokeism as a religion, has all the components of religious zeal, epistemology, theory of knowledge, ontology, theory of reality, theology, the evaluation of the human condition. What's wrong with this? Does this sound familiar? This is what Chuck Colson told us. Every worldview does. It has a view, a unique epistemology, a unique ontology, a unique theology. It has a redemptive narrative. It tells us how to fix the problem. This is exactly what I've told you before in Chuck Colson's four-point um, uh, lens, the four aspects of a worldview. The four eyes, if you will, the glasses of a worldview, the spectacles of a worldview, the lenses through which you look to evaluate any worldview, origin of man, nature of man, redemption of man, and responsibility of man. Then he goes into critical theory, and he tells you what it is. We've talked about it before, but a good repeat here won't hurt anything. Critical theory is a 20th century philosophy, came out of a German school, the Frankfurt School, it was developed by Marcuse and others, and it basically was this in a nutshell. Critical theory critiques culture and challenges the underlying power structures of society. One more time. One more time. Critical theory critiques culture and challenges the underlying power structures of society. What's wrong with that? Well, this is the way it does it. It pits oppressor versus oppressed. One more time, oppressor versus the oppressed. 
So it wants to liberate humanity from the circumstances that enslaved them by reinterpreting Western culture as a story of the oppressor versus the oppressed. That's straight from the article. Critical theory is a theory that says this. The only things that exist, the only things that exist in any culture are hierarchies of power. Remember what I've said about hierarchical versus covenantal governments? Os Guinness, the lesson I learned while I was at Oxford a few years ago, always vote for the covenant if you want freedom. Never vote for the hierarchy. Well, critical theory is grounded in the assumption that there's the, that the only thing that exists in any societal structure, all societal structures, are hierarchies of power. They're in constant conflict. It's a constant quest for power. If someone else has it, you need to fight them to take it away from them and attain it unto yourself. The goal of critical theory, the goal of the movement, is the complete dismantling of the current hierarchy. The complete dismantling of the current hierarchy and the rebuilding of a new one, a new hierarchy. They don't care about the covenant. In fact, they disdain covenantal government because covenantal government implies mutual accountability, mutual responsibility. Covenantal government does not point the finger of blame outward. Covenantal government, if it looks in the mirror at all, looks in the mirror and recognizes that what you see in that mirror is you and your responsibility, your responsibility to behave accordingly within the boundaries of the covenant, of the Constitution, of the seminal documents, the Declaration of Independence, the documents that define your culture, the Federalist Papers, the writings of Jefferson and Washington and Franklin and Adams. These are covenantal statements that define the United States of America as a free country, a constitutional republic, constitutional, covenantal republic. This is not radical democracy where all that matters is power and that if you can get 50 plus 0.01% to vote in favor of lunacy, that's what you do. That's not the structure of our country of our culture. We are a constitutional republic for a reason, and that is because we are covenantal, not hierarchical. We're not controlled by the masses. We're controlled by the ideals of the covenant. And what critical theory openly, boldly, blatantly says it intends to do is completely dismantle the covenantal structures of Western culture from the ground and then rebuild that culture from the ground up. Now, critical theory also is a theory of separation, of separation rather than integration, of segregation rather than integration, because it pits oppressors against the oppressed. It's a theory of conflict. Marxism in the past, we've talked about this, was focused on the conflict between the bourgeoisie and the proletariat, the economic conflict recognizing that they kind of lost that battle because Marxism doesn't work. Communism doesn't work. It implodes upon itself. The fall of the Soviet Union is proof of that. Recognizing that the economic conflict didn't work in their quest for power, they, all they did is just move the target. They retained and 
maintain the same philosophy of conflict, of us against them, of I want mine, you can't have yours, this childish, this adolescent temper tantrum of give me my pound of flesh, you hurt my feelings, it's all your fault, not mine. That's the nature of the Marxist conflict. What they did is they just moved the target from economic conflict to racial conflict and gender conflict. This is an ideology that took root in the universities. Ideas have consequences. And then it jumped to the media. And then it jumped into our corporate culture. And the oligarchs now telling us how to live our lives. This is a worldview that fancies itself as being the guardian of moral culture. It's a worldview that sees itself as the uh, arbitrator of the conflict. This is how we're going to resolve it. This conflict between the oppressors and the oppressed, between blacks and whites, between sexes, between straights and LGBTQ and trans. Everything's a conflict. See, but it's not just a political conflict. It's a conflict over values, and this is where it becomes a religion. It's not just a conflict of politics. It's a conflict that comes into the use of logic and science and reason. That's why you hear these people saying that even mathematic formulas are the product of oppression and white supremacy, white privilege. This nonsense, this lunacy, and values like individualism and hard work and punctuality and delayed gratification are nothing but the perpetuation of white supremacy. This is a religious argument now, because it's not just an argument of economic redistribution. This is an argument of how you're going to live and what values you will embrace. You can't hold the values of individualism if you say you believe in hard work and pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. If you say you believe in the American dream and that everybody can rise out of their situation and become a success, now these values that we've held dear as a culture are branded evil and sinful, literally sinful, and they must be discarded, and you need to repent of those. You must pay penance for those values because those values led us to hell, a hellish existence here in the United States. And the only way to heaven, the only way to be redeemed is to embrace, embrace the new religion and bow at the altar of wokeism. You have to get rid of logic and reason and empirical science because those things are too, too grounded in facts. And facts are the product of male, the male hegemony. They are the products of white supremacy. They are the products of the old culture that must be killed. So the new religion of wokeism, the new religion of wokeism, it has its own view of reality. It's, it has its own view of values. It has its own narrative of how we got here. And it has risen up out of the ashes of secular humanism. It's a new civil religion, argues Funk in this article. One more time, it's a religion. Wokeism is a religion that has its own view of reality, its own view of values. It has its own narrative of the human condition. And it has risen up. Where did it come from? 
It rose up out of the ashes of human secularism because human secularism was an effort to sweep the house clean. We didn't like the Judeo-Christian ethic. We rebelled against the biblical worldview. We wanted to grasp the ring of power, and we felt that the only way we could do that was to sweep the house clean of all vestiges of religious commitment and claim that it was just the opiate of the masses, Marxism. So when we did that through this embrace of radical secularism, radical Darwinism, radical humanism, where we elevated the human being as the pinnacle of everything rather than recognizing that God is God and that we are not, out of these ashes of secular humanism, when we burnt down the church, we get a new religion. We don't get no religion. We get a new religion. We swept the house clean, and now the demons have returned sevenfold. Again, going back to Jesus's parable or teaching. Wokeism offers everything that secularism failed to provide. It has quickly filled the God-shaped hole that we created in our culture. This is from the article. That's an important quote. Wokeism offers everything that secularism failed to provide. It has quickly filled the God-shaped hole in our culture that we created. It purports its version of truth, its version of justice, its version of righteousness, its version of sin, its version of judgment. Does that sound like a religion to you? Truth and justice and righteousness, sin and judgment. It provides all those adherents to this new religion of wokeism, meaning it has a meta-narrative. It talks about the power struggle, the struggle for redemptive freedom. Again, Chuck Colson, origin of man, nature of man, redemption of man. There's that word, redemption, redemptive. It's going to redeem culture. It's going to redeem the struggle. It's going to redeem the conflict. How does it do it? By tearing down those oppressive power structures that exist in the old church. I use those words in quotation. The old ways of thinking. You have to tear down. You have to dismantle their language again. That's why they continue to use the language of dismantling Western civilization, queering culture. I could go on and on and on. We could spend several shows on this. James Lindsay said this on Joe Rogan's show, and I have to be quick. Some religions look up. They're looking at God and they're afraid of sin, but they're paying attention to God and they're thinking about renewal. They're thinking about redemption. They're thinking about forgiveness. And then some religions look down and all they do is look at sin. If you look up, then religion can be great. It can lead people to spiritual development, community, and so on. But if you're looking down your nose at everybody else, if you're obsessed with their sin, you're going to start obsessing about how to control them and dismantle them. This is a new religion that's very dangerous. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. The only thing that will save us from this lie is truth with a capital T. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.